Welcome to the Deconstructed Woman Podcast, a podcast about breaking down barriers between women, exploring and sharing perspectives of each individual woman's experience, and discovering what we have in common and what makes us different. Hosted by Elisa Marie and Joji. Welcome back to the next episode of the Deconstructed Woman Podcast. So Joji and I were talking about, um, she had recently uh, read a, a couple of articles and was um, talking about a, a recent movie that she had uh, looked into. And the topic that came up was the idea of, you know, sometimes we're looking for fulfillment in life and, you know, there's certain expectations, whether that be that, you know, once I get married, I'll be happy or once I have kids, I'll be happy. Um, but sometimes even after you have those things, you want more. And that's not to say that that is right or wrong. It's, it's really part of the discussion that we wanted to have today. Talk about what is it that, you know, what really are women's desires at the very core and what does that look like, um, you know, in today's society? I think that those standards have changed or traditional views from the past that have you know, stated that women stay at home and take care of the family. Um, and a couple of articles, which I'll let Joji cite, um, since she's always so good at uh, kind of keeping track of those. But a lot of the articles that we're looking at, we're talking about how women are actually more career oriented and focus more on um, having a fulfilling career and, um, you know, workplace presence. So I think that there's definitely been some shifts uh, there's more stay-at-home dads. There's just dis- different traditional views, um, and and they have changed over time. So, Joji, let me pass it to you so we can kind of touch base about how this kind of came up for you, and then we'll kind of jump back into what that looks like and and how maybe that pertains to us. Yeah, happy to do so. I don't have the um, article site available right at this moment, but I definitely will add them to the uh, podcast so people can look them up if they'd like. Uh, One of the articles was about uh, sort of the 1950s and how women's roles have evolved, you know, since around the World War and continued. And what that article was really sharing with me was how expectations around women um, were formed around the war effort and maybe the Depression. And then um, as we moved forward into the 70s and 80s and things like that. And then the Pew Institute did a research with some comparison about men and women and how women and men feel in terms of um, their roles, as well as what makes them feel good about what they're doing. And I think that as time has passed, um, definitely from the 1950s, women are definitely identifying more as being career-oriented and wanting to have um, an identity outside of being married um, or having a family. But at the same time, I think what's, what struck me is the fact that it has been such a long-standing expectation that women's primary identity come from being married or being a mom, that it makes me wonder, like, what contributes to that idea? We don't put men in that kind of a box that their identity needs to be tied to being married or to being a father. So what is it about the expectation from society or our families or other women that 
sort of keep us in that position. Um, do you have any immediate thoughts, Alyssa, about that? I mean, I think that, you know, always kind of tying it back to my own experiences. I mean, I, you know, we've talked about before, like identities and things like that. And I've always said, like, my identity is my career, probably first and foremost. And then um, as a mother, and uh, I think that so that's kind of a shift um, from what you're, you know, what we've kind of seen traditionally. Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I think that I think that identity is like so I think there's just a lot of trends that are contributing to this. So, we, you know, we've talked about like, you know, women having children later in life. And I think that the idea of people not having children at all, uh, you know, has become more a, you know, I don't want to say accepted, but has become more of the norm. Um, a lot of times, you know, I have quite a few friends who are like, I, I don't know that that's in the cards for me. And I think, you know, in years past, it might have been like, you know, you finish school, you get married, you have kids, you get the house with the picket fence. Like there was just kind of this expectation that you followed a certain trajectory. And I think now, nowadays, that isn't the case, that it kind of looks very different. It doesn't, you don't have to fit into the cookie cutter ideal of like what, what life should be. Um, I'm not sure if I'm answering the question necessarily, but I, I think that that's kind of what my first thoughts were um, as we're kind of diving into this topic. And as you were talking, it made me reflect the fact that my mom was a working mom. And so I've only, I grew up with that idea that my mom had to uh, accommodate working outside the home and all of her responsibilities within the house. Whereas, um, when I got married and, and um, my husband's mother was a stay-at-home mom. And so though she knew that I had gone to college and I was going to be working, I think where difficulties occurred were when my job interfered, quote unquote, with my commitment to being a wife or being a mother. So being a therapist and early in my career and early in my marriage, I had to work a certain amount of nights. Um, I was on call and carried the teacher. And so if plans for our family get-togethers or if, say, my husband had to watch the uh, baby while I was working late, then it was almost like I was neglecting my duties as being his wife or a mother. And that's where I thought that became very challenging to me. And besides that, the fact that I had to work or I wanted to work wasn't really an issue. It was when it interfered with her perception of what was taking me away from these very important roles. And so when you were speaking, that made me think about like, when did I feel uncomfortable? And I wouldn't go as far as to say that it was seen as being selfish, but it was seen as being a conflict of interest because um, for, you know, the, the flexibility needed to be a working mom was not a part of my um, ex-mother-in-law's definition. Like she had never encountered that. So I think she felt that that was a conflict of interest and I should keep my job outside of my family you know, within certain parameters. And my first and foremost concern should be my husband and my, my child and my family. Um, have you ever experienced anything like that? You are a different generation. So maybe your family and your in-laws completely understand you're a professional woman and 
things have been changed, you know, in the last 20 years. But I wondered if you have ex ever experienced that kind of an impression, at, you know, in your situation. I think that my situation, I mean, you know, so we've talked about in the past also that my husband stayed home uh, for almost three and a half years with the kids um, following the pandemic because, uh, you know, it just made more sense for him to stay home um, because I, you know, I had the higher income. And so I think, you know, there's definitely a shift in like traditional roles, but at the same time, like I'm currently on maternity leave and there's been a significant pull all of a sudden. Uh, for me to consider like, what would it look like if I stayed home? Because now he's gone back to work. Um, and, you know, like, could we make that work? Like that has crossed my mind to, because I've enjoyed uh, surprisingly to me because I didn't think that I would enjoy being, uh, you know, at home because I have been so career oriented, but all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, you know, it would be nice if I could just stay home and just, you know, do the things that, um, that I have been doing for the last couple of weeks while I've been on leave. Uh, but then again, there's this pull to get back to work and, um, you know, do the things that that are important to me in my career. Um, so I don't I don't know that there's necessarily been any pressure from either, you know, any of our family members. I mean, I do recall like certain situations where it was like I wasn't there for certain milestones or things. And, and there was more of my own pressure on myself, but not that I necessarily felt from anybody else. Um, I think that, you know, even in light of me being comfortable with the kind of our setup, I think that there have been times where people, you know, are like, oh, your husband doesn't work um, when he didn't. And I was like, no, because he doesn't he doesn't need to. Um, but I think that even like trying to find him uh, like groups of stay at home dads or like, you know, a social group or something, I, I didn't wasn't successful in that because it was really hard to find um you know, that kind of support for him. Uh, and again, I mean, I think that so as much as I think that we've evolved and those traditional views are, have changed, uh, there's still logistically some uh, deficits in, in what that looks like. Um, I do recall, I was talking with a friend and she was saying how her husband had stayed at home and he had asked to join one of the mom groups because, you know, he had the kids and he wanted to socialize the kids and they were like, no, you can't join because you're a man. Um, so, I mean, it's a complete opposite of kind of, again, um, that that concept of like going back to what women want. Um, but I think that it it's as much as we have changed, there is still this push for women to um, fulfill kind of all of these roles and to be at home and to be taking care of the kids, even if society, you know, has gone about saying that things have changed. Um, so I think that there's there's still quite a bit of evolution and, um, you know, movement that needs to be had. And while you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, you're sort of at a, a pivot point in your life. I may be in a pivot point in my life because I do, you know, for the first time in my life with having a grandson and in on the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have a second grandchild like I'm at a pivot point too, because for the first time in my life and in my career, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be fun to be more with the kids? Um, whereas when I was a young mom, my identity was so wrapped around being a working person that that's all I could conceive to do. And I guess when you're pivoting and I'm sort of in a mid-pivot, I was wondering when we talk about like women wanting more, 
what is that more that we're all reaching for? Is it uh, feeling productive? Is it feeling fulfilled? Is it feeling like we're useful? Is it that people depend on us? When we talk about want more or feeling fulfilled or having these different roles, what are we trying to get at, do you think? I think, I, I mean, the, the first thing that jumped in my head was time. I want more time. Um, and being a working mother, I don't feel like I have the time. Like right now I have six weeks because that's how much time I took off um, after having my fourth child. And like I have some more time to do the things that I want to get done. And so even and, and that mainly is because I've talked about it before, like I love decluttering and organizing and cleaning. And so mainly that has to do with like, oh, now I have time to, you know, get to that closet that I wanted to get to or to, um, you know, look at different stuff. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that I wanted that just just pertain to time um, to having more. And so it feels like maybe if if I had this, I'd have more time on this in this regard or um you know, just having, being able to do the things that I want to do, not just the things I have to do. Um, and so again, that kind of brings me back to like the idea of time. Um, Cause you know, I work all day and then I get the kids and then we're into like evening routines and things like that. It's like, if I had the full day once a week to just do what I wanted to do, that feels like I would be more fulfilled. Like it goes back to that self-care and, and wanting to, you know, get certain things accomplished and I think that that would be more achievable if I had more time um but it's interesting because people say you know time is on a continuum and and quite frankly like you have the time if you utilize it efficiently and I'm like I don't I don't know I don't have it so uh maybe it will come with time but right now I don't feel like I have time is not my own to do with it as I please absolutely absolutely and you have a very busy life. I'm not surprised at all that uh, you feel like time is a scarce resource. I think all of us feel that way. But I think, I mean, obviously, the more competition there is for your attention and your time, the less you feel like you have it or you have control over it. And we all have to agree, those of us who work outside the home, we commit eight to 10 hours a day um, outside of the house. And so that is uh, a chunk of time that is taken away from us right at the get-go. And for many of us working women, we're trying to accommodate a lot of other parts of our lives during the breaks that we had during the workday. It's not uncommon for me to see my coworkers running out to the grocery store and picking up some groceries so they had dinner for home or using their lunch hour to do a lot of tasks um, because they know that it's a valuable amount of time to be able to do something. Now, they may not eat lunch. They may not actually relax during their lunchtime. So then they come back to work and now they have those accountabilities as well. But I think it's really difficult um, to, to for anybody who doesn't manage both parts of those lives to be able to understand what we're talking about in terms of scarcity of time. And for me, now that I'm, and we've talked about this before, now that, you know, um, I don't have any kids at home and it's just my husband and I, I mean, I feel like, boy, I have so much more time and it's, it definitely is a beautiful shift and a lot more pleasurable than when we were, you know, actively child rearing as well. When I think about what 
what do I mean by, you know, I want more because I'm also in the place where I think to myself, well, now that I'm not child rearing and that was such a huge part of my time and efforts, what do I want to do with that time? And, and what, how do you prioritize where to commit your time? Is it volunteering? Is it going back to school? And I think for me, uh, what I want more of is just being present with whatever I choose to do, whether that is going to school, whether that is volunteering, and whether it is fulfillment, how I define it. I like to use my brain. And so it's, I don't know if I could be happy unless I was doing something active and feeling like, you know, maybe I don't have to go to school, but I am reading a lot of articles based on this podcast, or I feel like I'm making a difference somehow. Those are all the ways that I know that I feel fulfilled. And so it doesn't necessarily look the same for all of us, right? I mean, part of it is, is that each one of us are different and what's going to make you feel good is uh, not the same as somebody else. When Dan and I were talking about this yesterday in terms of this topic, he found it really interesting. And he said, well, he said, you know, women have never been valued for, you know, what they want to do with their time. He sort of looks at it from, a, you know, sort of the uh, patriarch, like a, the patriarchy and the fact that women have always been seen as second-class citizens and about the fact that for so many years, women were considered property. And so women's own aspirations for, you know, hundreds of years weren't even part of the calculation for what, what was important for an individual, whether it's self-development or anything like that. So I thought he brought a certain perspective in as a man into this conversation, um, one that I didn't expect necessarily, but you know, it did remind me of the fact that, yeah, at one time women were considered property and uh, like the indentured um, people in our lives, do we actually think of them as a hundred percent, you know, active individuals that needed to continue growing and changing? Um, and, you know, I think that hasn't been around for a long time, but maybe it's still part of the way that we consider women and do we see them differently as being sort of that white male privilege um and you know not trying to get you know confrontive about it or anything but i was just surprised that dan brought it up as a man and um i don't know if there's probably is the furthest from maybe your experience Alyssa, being at the age that you are but what do you think i was taken aback by dan's comments how did that you know sort of land with you as someone who is much younger so I, I want to make sure that I understood. So what was kind of repeating so that I make sure I hear it? What was his kind of thought process? His thought, thought process was that, you know, it isn't until recently that anybody has cared about women feeling fulfilled. That, you know, it wasn't that long ago where women were considered, you know, part of a man's property. And it was all about society focused on men and what men need. and you know, keeping the male fulfilled and really the woman was not as big of a part of that equation as in maybe the last 30, 40 years was sort of his point. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely, and I mean, I think that it's probably again, you know, as much as we say we've evolved, I mean, there's so many topics that I think we, when we start to talk about them that we realize like, oh, we're, we really have not made that much progress. I mean, there's a women's movement, like, 
there is definitely changes. And I know that we have a couple other topics that kind of touch on that because we were talking about like, you know, um, income and and the, you know, the glass ceiling and things like this. And it's like, uh, I mean, I think that there's more discussion, but I still think that, I don't know, I still hear a lot of like, you know, when I'm trying to, uh, in particular, like how women feel and, and, and what, what our needs are and things like that. I think you had brought up in one of the questions that we talked about um, before we jumped on, like, it seems selfish or that, you know, women are labeled as selfish for asking for more. Um, and I think that that's probably, you know, a mentality that a lot of people hold, both men and women. I think that there's a lot of times where it's still, you know, if you express yourself, now you're being too sensitive or you're being, uh, you know, so too emotional or, or maybe your hormone or whatever that sort of, you know, statement of the day is. But I think that there's a lot of discussion about like, oh, well, we shouldn't, you know, you, you should just be satisfied with what you have and move on. It's like, well, what we're saying, we need more because even in light of having a career or being at home with your kids, uh, it doesn't it doesn't check all the boxes. It really doesn't bring a sense. And I think that that probably there's probably another topic of discussion. But for some uh, women, you know, motherhood is not what they thought it would be. And it's not fulfilling at all for them. And, you know, that doesn't make them a bad mom. It's just that that's, you know, it's sometimes not in the cards or um, it just doesn't it doesn't hit again. I'm going to go back to like doesn't check all the boxes because I can't think of another phrase, but I think that it definitely um, it's just not for everyone. And so I think that sometimes we struggle in in these what appear to be, oh, you have everything. And yet the situation still is very uncomfortable. Um, and really, there's a lot, lot to be said within that as well. And I think a lot of it has to do with the culture of, you know, where we live. I mean, I think about uh, countries like Sweden, Switzerland, Denmark, where men and women's um, time off policies are so different, where men get as much maternity or paternity leave. And so it's not as much about gender and who's actually carrying the baby, but it really is about, you know, what is the person's experience around becoming a parent? And so I think in those countries, the roles of men and women are so much more similar because there isn't a bias because it's a man versus a woman. Whereas I think in more capitalistic countries, or I don't know how to phrase it, but that it's, it is more divided among the, around gender roles and not about, you know, this is a person who is a working individual who needs also has responsibilities at home. And the gender is really not the issue. It really is more about we want this person to have the best experience, to be the best employee. And they can't do that if they're struggling with something that's going on at home. And we're going to make them pick and choose what's their priority for today. And so I do think that in both countries, there's a different experience about that. And I think in our country, we judge those countries very harshly. I know in medicine, you know, there's just been a huge trend toward um, male physicians getting paternity leave and negotiating paternity leave because the younger doctors want to be an active part of child rearing and they don't want their medical practice to distract them from being available to their partners and their children. And, you know, to hear uh, older doctors 
talk about that. It's like they're asking for like the sun of the moon. Like it's so incredible. And to be fair, I had similar thoughts about that 10 years ago when I was physician recruiting and doctors were negotiating that as part of their benefits package. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like where's this coming from? But now since I've had 10 years to wrap my head around it, I think to myself, you know, is it all bad? I think it's good. Why shouldn't we, you know, and this is where I think women becoming um, more involved in different industries is stretching the parameters for all people uh, because now we do see more women who are um, becoming physicians than men and that men are also wanting equal status and uh, benefits in the world of medicine. So I think, you know, where you live is also contributing to the society in which we as women are being raised and as we are raising our female children also to go into the, into the, you know, into the world. The one thing I wanted to sort of close this discussion on was really about, you know, the correlation between wanting more, getting more, and then having more to give. And so I definitely recognize that I appreciated working as a working mom. And I really carved out that special time with my, my child. And so really drawing the connection between, you know, whether you're a man or a woman and you're feeling more fulfilled and more as a whole person, now you have a whole person now to give to your family, to your partner, to your children. And I think that's an important thing to underscore as well. And so the whole idea of being selfish is just counterintuitive to me because when you are wholly developed, then you do have more to share with everybody. And so why is it that I guess we just need to do a better job of branding for other people in our lives that when we have more of ourselves and we feel whole, then we have more to share with other people. Do you have any thoughts about that, Alyssa? Yeah, I mean, I, I listen to a lot of uh, parenting podcasts and read a lot of blogs and articles. And one, I mean, it just reminds me of like, you know, if you have, if your cup's empty, you have nothing to give. And I think that that's just aligns with what you're saying. 100%. I mean, that's one of those things that I'm, I'm trying to find, uh, find the footing in as I, you know, move into this new era of four children and myself and my husband and we're outnumbered now and all the things. But I mean, I'm really trying to figure out like what, what does my, you know, how to fill my cup and, and what does that look like? Because you can't parent at your optimal level if you are just exhausted and, you know, just don't have it in you. And so I think that it really is about, like you were saying, like being selfish, but not like so selfish that you don't care about other people, but like being selfish to the point of taking care of yourself so that you can really fulfill that. I, I think that there's a lot to be said in in that particular point. And I think that it's a great it's a great reminder uh, for for all of us that, you know, finding because we talked about like self-care and finding what makes you happy and those sorts of things in the past and previous episode. Go back and listen if you haven't uh, already. Um, but, you know, I think that the the point is that we we want to do so much, but we need to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves um, so that we can be that whole person. And really, like you said, present um, and show up to do the things that we need to get done. We hope that this discussion was helpful to you, that you got um, a little glimpse into, you know, the concept. The concept here is 
what, you know, why women want more and what that looks like. And so I think that there's a lot to be said um, with that. And again, as always, we want to hear your thoughts. So feel free to email us at the Deconstructed Woman Podcast at gmail.com or jump on our Facebook page. Or um, you are also always welcome to leave us a voice message. Um, we do listen to them and we will uh, get back to you as soon as we can. So there's a lot of ways to connect, uh, but we would love to hear from you. And if you haven't already subscribed, please do so so that we can, um, you know, uh, so that you can hear our new episodes as they come out, as well as um, be notified as we send more content out into the world. So thank you again for listening in and uh, we greatly appreciate you being here and we hope to talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast, The Deconstructed Woman. If you like this podcast, please share it with your friends, rate this episode, or subscribe to be notified of all new content. We wanna hear from you, our listener. Do you have thoughts on the discussions we're having? want to share topic suggestions, or want to join us for a topic that you're passionate about, contact us at our email address, thedeconstructedwoman at gmail.com.